Welcome to Catch the Fire London podcast. We really pray that you will be blessed and encounter God's transforming presence as you listen to this message. I was charged last night and I charged the guys who were with us. We have to learn to track the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say what I said to them. And if Chloe hadn't have brought you all forward, I'd have come around and slapped some of you for not being at the front in the first place. We are committed to tracking the Holy Spirit. It's not about what makes us common sense. It's not about what's convenient. It's not about anything else. It's about recognizing that the Holy Spirit is saying something or doing something and then responding to that. I literally can't open my hands right now. Before Close said about the sword and take up your sword, my hands were clasped and they haven't come open yet. There is something that the Lord is doing and we got to be more mature in the Spirit to see and hear what He's saying and what He's doing and then run to that place. And some of us are sat in our seats and we're waiting and we're receiving and we're consuming and the Lord is saying, get off your butts and do something. When you see me move, you should be where I'm moving. When you see me speak, when you hear me speak, you should be in that place. I've just been charged with the... With the with the, the drive and, and the urgency that we have to hear the Holy Spirit and when we have to respond to what He's doing. And often responding to what He's doing doesn't look normal. Often responding to what He's doing doesn't fit with your plan. It doesn't fit with your diary. It doesn't fit with your comfort. It's just about Him being more important than anything else. It's about Him being more important than anyone else. And we just sacrifice. We sacrifice and then we just live in all life and it's a abundance and its fullness and in abundant life because we're where He is and the Holy Spirit brings life. In pre-service prayer or some point, someone was praying about, you know, where the river, Ezekiel 47, 37, where the river of God goes, it, there's life. There's life wherever the river is. And I don't know about you, but I'm fed up with that, having any part of my life that isn't filled with His life. I don't want to go shopping without him. I don't want to go shopping at all. I, I don't want to go shopping with him without him. I don't want to be at home where he's not. I don't want to be at work where he's not. I don't want to be on the streets where he's not. It doesn't matter about what the diary says. It doesn't matter about what the agenda of man says. We need to be so mature in the spirit that we're actually tracking with him. We're listening to him. And then the big piece that keeps being missed is we respond to what he says. We respond to what he does and we sacrifice the comfort and the convenience of it lining up with what we thought was going to happen. Good grief, guys. You didn't come in this room for a normal church. Bless them, they're everywhere. But this isn't that. This is not what we got together for. We didn't get together to stay normal and remain normal. We got together so that we could track the Holy Spirit. And as much as we are able to just obey Him, to love Him, to obey Him, and to love Him, 
And I've seen it where Chloe did the talk on I am your provider. And people were coming up and they were putting a one pound coin. I'm sowing into that word. I'm in that word. And then when, when it came to healing and people were coming forward and the bread of life and people were coming forward and there was something in that that I just, oh, hello. There's something in that that I felt the Father saying that it's time for us to grow up. It's time for us to grow up beyond the, oh, I'm sat here for 40 minutes of a sermon after 45 minutes of worship, and then we're going to go for a coffee and then we'll go home. I, I feel like the Lord is saying that it's time to track Him. It's time to track Him, to mature. We've got to grow up. Tell the person next to you, you've got to grow up. If you're sat next to Flicky, that's a hard one. She's quite mature. I feel like the Lord is saying it's time to grow up, and we need to be growing up to the place that's uncomfortable and inconvenient and, and, and we need to be okay with that. Like the Lord never said, become a Christian and it will be easy. Become a Christian and it will be convenient. It will be comfortable. He said, die. Die to yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, Jesus was so confident that his life was better than the life of the people in front of him that he literally walked up to some fishermen and went, follow me and walked off. He didn't sell the story. He didn't, he didn't mark it. He had no social media. It was a really bad pitch. Follow me. And then he walks off in the other direction because he knew that following him was going to be the best thing for the people who were, he was speaking to. And we need to get out of this mentality that we've got any idea how to make our lives better. We've got no idea. And some of you are really wise. And some of you have got great experience and great training. But Jesus is the only one who knows what you need. So why are we bothering with anything that doesn't start with Him? We talked about it in Alpha a few weeks ago. It's like if it, He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the start. So if he wasn't at the start, it never started. And I just feel like the Lord is saying, we've got to grow up. We've got to sense him. We've got to hear him. We've got to feel him. And we've got to just be, be brave enough and mature. We've got to be secure enough to ask the questions when you don't know the answers. I was chatting to someone in our congregation who's newly become a Christian. And we sang a song about a cornerstone. There's probably 50% of the people in the room who have no idea what that means. And we're not mature enough and secure enough to actually be, alert. excuse me, what's a cornerstone? And what's that got to do with me? We've got to be mature enough to say, actually, you're talking about tracking the Holy Spirit, but I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. We've got to be secure enough to actually just say, I've got a deficit in this area and hungry enough to say, I want to fill the deficit. But many of us are just like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't want anyone to think I'm less spiritual. I don't want anyone to look down on me. You know what? <sighs> the spirit of stupid is keeping you quiet. Because you know how ridiculous it is to live with a void when filling the void with Jesus will make your life better. 
You're hurting yourself. You're hurting your family. You're hurting your business. You're hurting everyone that knows you by not being secure enough and mature enough to say, I want to grow. <laughs> if you're new to this church, this isn't normal me. <laughs> People are like, yeah, it is. I want us to be mature enough. I want us to grow. And if you don't know what that means and you don't know what that looks like, for the love of chickens, ask someone. It's like, how do I learn to hear the voice of God better than I do already? How do I, how do I learn to, to listen? What does it look like in your life when you're listening? One of the beauty things of what happened over the last couple of days, we had a bit of a Q&A and instead of going like, oh, Stu's going to answer because he's the father of the family. I'm like, no, we're going to have 22 different answers here. How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? How do you deal with that? We need to realize that the people sat next to you are gold and you're ignoring them and suffering in lack and deficit in your life because you haven't had the security or the maturity just to say, how do you deal with that? Because I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with the way things are. I've never been happier in ministry. I've never been happier as a husband. There's so many good things happen in my life, but I know that heaven looks different to what I'm experiencing right now. And I know that Jesus died so that heaven could come to earth. So there is a deficit between what I'm experiencing, however good it is, and what Jesus has for me, that's gonna be better. And I'm mature enough and secure enough to say, actually, I want them more. I'm not happy here. There's more. And so as we, move, as we move on, and I'm going to preach a message somehow. I, as we move, oh wow. As we move on, I want us to be mature enough and do something. And so I don't want it to be like, close starts to preach and says, right, there's a basket at the front. If you hear a word you want to sow into, come forward and put money in the basket. Or Dan starts to preach with, there's bread at the front. Jesus wants you to do something. You shouldn't need Chloe or Dan to bring you to the front to respond to a word and you don't need the end of a message to respond to the words. And so I just want us to, oh, I don't know why, I'm just like, wake up and if the word's for you at the start of the preach, respond to it then. Get the ministry then. Stand up, say hallelujah, run around the building to hit the flex. Don't, I don't even care how you respond. There's no way of doing it, but do something. Do something. It's not okay that you would come into an environment where the presence of God is transforming people and you leave the same. It's not okay. He died for you to look more like Him in five minutes' time than you did right now. And there's something, and it, you know, Nikki's releasing and Chloe's releasing and Becky was releasing and Dan's releasing and then Eno was releasing and then Louis was releasing. Like there's a lot that's happened so far this morning. And there's an opportunity just like, it's like throwing bread out. And it's like, you want to eat? Eat. Don't just sit there and let the bread hit the floor. <sighs> the Lord wants to bring a revival but the Lord can't trust people who think they're mature already. Everyone in, what happens if a thousand people turn up next week saying, who is it? 
Do you know the girl who bumped into Chloe walking out, Chloe's walking out the toilet a few weeks back. This girl walks in and she's, she's like really bewildered and Chloe says, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I don't know what this is. She's like, you're in a church. Have you been here before? No, I've never set foot in a church in my life. Well, what brought you into the building? I felt a physical tug of my abdomen pulling me into the building. Like, I'm all up for evangelistic process, but that trumps it all. So what happens if a thousand people come in next week and you're like, oh, well, I was getting round to thinking about discipleship programs next year. God needs you to be mature now. He needs you to grow up. And when he's moving in a room for you to be like, I'm over here because the Holy Spirit's over here. That's the word I want to sow into. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and get ministry now. Oh, but what if everyone's looking? Everyone's more bothered about them than you. As long as you keep your clothes on, no one's looking at you. But Jesus is. Jesus is looking. Are you hungry? Do you want more than what you've got already? iPad at the back. Tanya, would you be able to unplug it for me? Thank you so much, Alma. I am fired up. Just in case I hit it really well. I... I I said to a few of the lads this weekend, you've made a big mistake coming on this weekend. They were like, what do you mean? I was like, I've seen you worship now. I've seen you shout for Jesus. I've seen you jump around the room. I've seen a lot of stuff this weekend and I ain't letting you hide no more. I ain't letting you hide no more. Spirit, I just ask right now that you would be what you have promised you would be and that you would be the teacher, the trainer, the equipper, the one who takes from all that Jesus has said and makes it known to us, the one who stands beside us, not just for comfort, but for purpose and that you will bring us into a maturity in the spirit. Lord, God forbid we would ever get to a place where we think we know it. God forbid that we would become arrogant, but that you, God, would teach us, Holy Spirit, empower us to learn where you are. If that's real for you, just do it right now. Just let him, let him start to work on your spirit and your soul and bring them into alignment and bring a maturity in him. Not maturity in the world. We haven't got a clue what we're doing. But a maturity in him that we do know how to hear him and we do know how to track him. We do know how to feel him. We do know how to please him.
Grow us up, Holy Spirit. We've got a bunch of creatives, creatives in this church. It's not okay for the creatives to be the one that dance for Jesus. It's not okay for the prophetic team to be the ones that speak out his word. It's not okay to do anything other than all of us step up into who we've been called to be and be secure enough to just say, hey, can you help me? Because I've got a question. How do you do that? Louis, how do you pray like that? What, what led to that? What, what's your journey? Dan, how did you release like that? Becky, how did you see that picture? Where's that come from? What, what was, what's the journey of you understanding that picture? Luke 15. Verse 1, now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming to hear him, but the Pharisees and the experts in the law were complaining, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable, which of you, if you had a hundred sheep and loses one of them, would not leave the 99 in open pasture and go for the one that is lost until he finds it? Then he, when he has found it, he places it on his shoulders, rejoicing. Returning home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, telling them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my sheep that was lost. And I tell you in the same way that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need to repent. Tell the person next to you, you ain't that righteous. <laughs> Did anyone say that to their wife? Because you may be in trouble. Um, the shepherd has a hundred sheep and one of them is missing. And he's so, here's two things that are happening. He's so confident that the 99 are going to look after themselves because here's what the shepherd isn't thinking. I'm going to go after the one and when I come back, the 99 are going to be gone. He's confident in the 99, right? It's implicit in the verse. It's like he leaves the 99 looking after themselves and then he goes after the one. Why? Because that one is so important, is so vital, is so integral in the plan and the heart of the shepherds that, that he is, he'll, he, it's a risk. I was chatting to our pastoral care person uh, last year, Sarah. I was meeting with her this week and um, we were chatting and we were talking about this, this whole idea that you, you're confident that the 99 are going to look after each other while the shepherd goes and chases down the one who's gone astray. Um, but the, da the danger is that the sheep bite each other. <laughs> and so like, I'm just going to put a, mo mo uh, what's a moratorium, an ending. No more biting in the sheep pen, okay? Because the shepherd, no, moratorium? Feels like that's the right word. I'm going to say that's the right word. Say it with confidence. Everyone will believe you. Um, no more sheep biting sheep. 
Okay, no more just wandering off when you're around the 99, okay? So you're going to look after each other. That's why it's really important that you don't just hip scop and out of the church the moment church finishes because someone needs to actually have met you. That's why we have people on the door and we've got Prophet Michael on the door and he's like, I see stuff in the spirit. And we've got Pastor James on the door and he's like, I see stuff in the emotions. And the two of them together are an incredible team because people are walking in and they're like, how are you doing? And some people are running in the back door like, avoid the pastors. They'll see my stuff. But knowing that the sheep pen's looking after itself, the shepherd has confidence to go down and, and chase down that one. Now, just for those of you who go wondering, I am a shepherd. I'm a pastor. God's given me that gift of pastoring. I will hunt you down like this shepherd. Like, it says nowhere in this verse that the sheep asked to be found. It says nowhere that the sheep was happy to be found. It doesn't even say that the sheep accidentally wandered off. It just says the sheep was missing. And the pastor hunted that sheep down and put it on his shoulders. It didn't even say, here, come on, little cute sheepies. Follow me. Follow me. No. Hebrew culture, you break the leg of the sheep. And you stick that sheep on your shoulders and you drag it back to the sheep pen, whether it likes it or not. But here's the point. I'm just describing my pastoral techniques, okay? <laughs> but here's the point. That wasn't the point. That was just me describing me. I'm going to break your legs and hunt you down, drag you back. Don't you go. No, the point is, the heart that Jesus has for the one overrides the risk of leaving 99. Because he could have gone after that one and wolves and lions go and eat all the 99. But the, there's an overriding compassion in the heart of Jesus that the one is so important that he will take the risk that the sheep are not going to bite each other and that they'll look after each other if a lion does turn up. And he'll go and chase that one. But here's the deal. There's a book called Pendulum, which Bishop Joseph Garlington got me to read probably about eight years ago now. Every 40 years, they've tracked, sociologists have tracked, that every 40 years, the whole population <laughs> goes from collective to individual in their focus. And so if you actually track it, even in the last, I don't know how old you are, but you can think back 30-odd years ago, mega churches were everything. Like mega church, mega church, more people in the room, more people in the room. Whereas now there's a thing called deconstructionism, which is no one in the room, me and my two mates and Jesus. I mean, don't get me started on that. And if anyone is believes in that, I'll hunt you down and break the leg. No, it's so toxic heresy, it's unbelievable. But the point is that culture has accepted mega church now has rejected megachurch and now is accepting, in many cases, deconstructionism. Why is it doing that? Because culture fluctuates. Because what happens is grouping people together is godly. So we group people together and we love each other and we're in the sheep pen and we're all like, love you. 
and it's all very lovely in the sheep pen. But then what happens is Satan manipulates and defiles what God created, as in the godly gathering together, and then man gets involved and messes it all up. And suddenly we're all about the numbers and we need more people in and we lie about the numbers and make them bigger because we need more people and gathering. And then people start to reject the gathering. They start to reject the collective in the in favour because it's not about the gathering. It's about each individual person. And so they start to swing, the pendulum, they start to swing. And more and more people are like, yeah, we don't like mega churches. You don't even know. No one knows you. No one greets you. We don't like that anymore. We're going for deconstruct. We're going for me and my two mates. And suddenly culture starts to swing and it goes from the collective being the ideal and everyone was loving it. And then it got a little bit messy and then a little few people took it for granted and a few people messed it up a little bit. Everyone starts to reject it. Little by little, they reject it and suddenly it's like me and Jesus. Nothing matters more than me and Jesus. And I've got scriptures to prove that nothing matters more than me and Jesus. Don't come to me with your gathering because me and Jesus, it's all about me and Jesus and nothing's more important than me and Jesus. And you can't argue with them and Jesus because them and Jesus is really important. But you're thinking, hang on a minute, there's also scriptures to say that we should gather together. And they're the people who are all in together. It's not about you and Jesus, it's all about us. We're a we. There's no I in team. Come on, people. Can I just say, as a general rule, extremes are usually wrong. That's probably some, that's an extreme statement and that's probably wrong in some cases. But generally, saying this is the way it is, is probably not right. Because probably someone else has got a scripture and can build a ministry proving you wrong and defending their little bit of the kingdom. What am I saying? The, the, the importance of the one overrides the risk of leaving the corporate, but doesn't despise the corporate. Jesus spoke the Sermon on the Mount to thousands. He fed 4,000, well, 5,000 men and then 4,000 men plus women and children. He was really into the gathering. He was really into you having more than just you and your mate and Jesus. But then at the same time, he was so focused on Peter, James and John. And it was him. It was like, Peter was like, yeah, me, my two mates and Jesus. We had quite a lot of time with just Jesus. There was just us. It was me and Jesus time. We went up the mountain and saw this amazing transfiguration and he looked like golden. And then Elijah and Moses made it five of us. And that was a bit too many because I quite like just me and Jesus. No, that we, we need to be comfortable in a one-on-one where we can just speak to someone, look in their eyes and just say, you are epic, young lady but also comfortable in a group setting where we understand that actually, like this weekend, we had such an eclectic group of people, it was quite bizarre. There was such a difference in age and background and even like you could tell financial security and some people have got houses and other people have, have just started on the renting ladder, you know, and other people have got jobs and other people haven't. And there was such a difference in the age and like some people wanted to play football for hours um, and TJ scored five goals. With no shoes on. Imagine what it would have been like if he had trainers, I tell you. 
Sorry, Moses is spitting that TJ scored five goals. Look at it. He practically broke fellowship over it. It was a... Uh... But there was something beautiful about having people that probably on a Sunday haven't even said hello to each other prior to that moment, but are going to say hello to each other for the rest of the time that they're in this church. Do you see what I mean? It's just like you got to meet people that weren't your normal people. They weren't part of your echo chamber. Let's talk about echo chambers and the fact that the culture at the moment is surrounds yourself with people that only are going to agree with you, and that's really toxic for you. I'm just rambling. Let's go on. God spoke to me as I was preparing. Ooh, four minutes. The power of the one enhances the community. The power of the community enhances the one. God wants a both and kingdom. Like if we didn't have Stephen in this church, we wouldn't have the sweet, pure, holy worship that Stephen brings. And I'm not just talking about when he's behind a guitar. Like He brings that into the room regardless of whether he's on the rotor or not. It's incredible. If we didn't have Andrew in this church, who would be saying, my, my, my? Like we would lose. If we didn't have legs, in, I mean knee in this church. Who'd change? No. You know, Nee is one of my favorite people in the whole world when I'm in a corporate setting because, and yesterday it happened. Something was happening in, in the men's meeting and we're going. And, and at one point, if it was just my natural and I was kind of, you know, it wasn't my meeting, it was Dan's meeting in yesterday evening. And I think I probably would have stopped it because we'd done a load and it had got really good and Louis had got really loud and, you know, and, and, and I felt like, oh, hey. Have we reached the conclusion of what's happening? And so as a pastor, my job is to look around. Okay, where are we at? Like, I'm trying to track Holy Spirit. I'm trying to live as I teach. Like, What's Holy Spirit doing? Do you know how I know what Holy Spirit's doing in a room? Legs. Isla calls him legs because she knew his name was something anatomical in, the, in that region. And so she... She obviously knew knee, but she'd forgotten knee, so she knew it was Amazon, so she called him Legs. So that's now his name. Um, how do I know that Holy Spirit's in the room? I can look at someone like knee, and when the Holy Spirit's in the room, knee goes like this. And I'm not, it's, I'm not mocking at all. He's a lightning rod for me. As a leader, I need knees in the room because I need to know, because I would have stopped that meeting at that point. I saw the Holy Spirit was on me. I used him as, a, as an indicator of what Holy Spirit was doing in the room. We let it go a little bit longer. And then suddenly it was like, Rah! men going nuts for Jesus. And I'm like, I could have messed that up. We need the ones to empower the community. But it's not all about give. Because if it wasn't for the community, then you would lose the empowerment of the one. Because... TJ has walked in to catch the fire and was telling me yesterday that he's experienced the love from multiple different people, which has enabled him to grow a bit in that area of, of understanding corporate love, understanding family. And Chloe didn't even know that and prophesied it, which is amazing. God is good. Sorry. God is good. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. 
thought I'd gone to a different faith all of a sudden. Um, <laughs> the power of the community is invested into the one, has enhanced the one, and then the one comes back and enhances the community. You see how that works? Matthew 14, and then we'll finish. I'm just going to, I won't read it all, but I'm in Matthew 14. I'm starting in verse 13. So what happens is Jesus wants some time alone with, with, the, with the lads. But crowds follow him. Large crowds follow him. He had compassion on them, healed the sick. That's like an, that's like an afterthought, isn't it, for Jesus? It's like, I, I want some time with the boys. Oh, wow, there's thousands of people. Well, let's heal all them to get rid of them. Get back with the boys. I love the fact that he's using healing as a way of sort of uh, getting back with the boys. Heal everyone. Go on, get on. And then he saw the large crowd had healed their sick. And then he says to them, um, you feed them. And you get the miracle of the multiplication of five loaves and two fish. So Peter sees that miracle. And he, what I love about it, uh, there's 12 baskets left over. And theologians assume that the 12 baskets were, were, were for the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, and they were given the basket each. That's like, it's not in the Bible, but it's what theologians say is probably um, the, the, the reason that Matthew records 12. And so Peter is in, the, in this mix, and he's an individual person, but he's amongst a big crowd. And an individual person gets to be part of one of the most dramatic miracles that Jesus does here on the earth. But what happens to him next? Immediately after that, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side, verse 22. He dispersed the crowds, the crowds went away. He went up a mountain. When the evening came, so pray by himself. When the evening came, he walks on water. He goes to the boat. They're like, ah, it's a ghost. And then Jesus says, uh, it's me. Duh. And here's what I, this is what God spoke to me. Matthew, sorry, Peter is in the miracle of the corporate move of God. He then goes into a quiet place. There's turmoil, but he's remembering the miracle. The miracle of the, the feeding of the 5,000 imprints him. And so when Jesus is walking on the water, it, it, the first thing that comes out is Peter's mouth is, I want to come too. There is a faith that Peter gets from the corporate that he takes into the individual with Jesus. And as I was talking with Dan about this, he pointed out what happens next. So the faith of the corporate, like we, we were, we, Z got healed a few weeks ago. People, people have things going on in their life. We're going to get Denise up in a minute, talk about a thing that's going on in her life at the moment. It just involves the, the individual person being blessed, but then the corporate coming behind it. That's the um, Peter is part of a corporate miracle. Faith rises. He goes into an individual situation with Jesus and he's remembering that Jesus is miraculous. He's walking on water. He's like, I want to do the same. He then goes and walks on water and then he has a bit of a crisis because he sees the waves. Anyone been there? I was full of faith five minutes ago and now I'm sinking. Jesus rescues him. They get into the boat and then immediately... They land at Gennesaret. Gennesaret is the place that literally means the place of abundance. And in Gennesaret, they have 
uh, healing revival, which there's only the one time this word is used in the, in the Greek, is called dia sozo. Sozo means healing, deliverance, uh, restoration, rescue, and salvation. That's what sozo means. Dia sozo or dia sozo means that happened in abundance and it happened completely. It's the only time the Bible uses the word dia sozo. So Peter goes from corporate miracle into individual time with God, individual miracle, and then goes back from that into another corporate miracle. It's the way... The rhythm of life is supposed to work. We are supposed to go from individual times with Jesus and they're supposed to be miraculous. And then we're supposed to come back to the corporate time with Jesus and they're supposed to be miraculous. And then we go back into our individual times, whether it be at work, whether you're looking after kids or you're going to bed or whatever it may be, you're having your quiet time. Miraculous individual times with Jesus then lead to corporate miraculous times with Jesus that lead to individual miraculous times with Jesus that lead to corporate miraculous times with Jesus. This is how life is supposed to be. power of the one enhances the community. The power of the community enhances the one. Denise. I've taken liberties with time. Can you give me two more minutes? So, gosh, I got baptized on the 5th of June, and uh, it's been a bit of a roller coaster, but it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I seem to have a radar for homeless people at the moment. Don't know what, why that is, probably through the Holy Spirit working through me. So I've met a homeless guy, and I've befriended him. And um, I have to say, every day we've had a miracle. Um, miracle after miracle, and it's just been completely amazing. So the first, the first one... Um, I sent out a post on a local website, basically, to, to try and get, to, his name is Tony, to try and get Tony some work. Inundated with responses. Yes, gardening, you can unplug my drain, you know, loads of things, loads of things from everybody. And um, so one person contacted me and they said, sorry, I don't have a job for Tony, but is there any way that I can help? Can I give him some money? So I said, well, I'll find out and we'll see. So Tony does have a bank account, a Monzo account. And I gave the details of Tony's account to this person. So this person said, I'm going to send 50 pounds. So I said, thank you very much. And um, we actually received 100. But the thing that really was the sort of crux of it all was that the, the amount was 100. But the message said, God send. And then it said, I'm one of the heavenly hosts. I'm a messenger. This is for real. I've, got the, I've still got the text. I'm looking out for Tony. Tell him not to despair. And when I met him, he was really, he was down, but he did, he never showed he was, he was down. And um, all our love, thank you for what you're doing, Denise. And it was signed off, I, I am, I am. So that's just, that's just the first just one. Wait, 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 that's got to sink in. <laughs> yeah, signed off, I am. So, so that was the first one. And then I just, yeah, honestly, it's been, so... You know, I was like, is that, who, who, has he, has God contacted us directly? But obviously he had, 
he had. And then since then, some more money came into Tony's account, another £100. We don't know who sent that. No idea where it came from or anything. And just loads of other miracles too. He was sick because um, I've been looking after him and sort of feeding him and helping him along. He was sick. We needed water. We were standing talking. And this guy went to the shop, came out and said, I think you need this. And it was a big bottle of Evian that was given to us. Rucksacks, of things that we've just kind of sat down together and thought about have just turned up. People have knocked on the door and said, I think Tony needed a rucksack, so I'm going to bring you a rucksack. I think Tony needed a shirt. But these were things that we were, that were in our hearts that we were asking for. So it's been nonstop. The work has been nonstop. He's got money now, so he can pay for accommodation. And the icing on the cake is that we went to see someone yesterday, and this person has said, I want to help. I don't want Tony on the streets anymore. So over Christmas, I'm going to support him so that he has enough money for shelter. And I have a caravan, so if, there's a, if he wants to sleep in a caravan, he can sleep in a caravan. If he wants to go to Newcastle, I have an empty house, he can stay in Newcastle. And the week before Tony had been to Newcastle, I didn't know this because he found a long-lost relative who passed away. But then there's somebody else who lives in Newcastle. So if he wants to live in Newcastle, he can go. And he'll have, somewhere, and he'll have family and somewhere to stay. So it's just been... It's been, yeah, it's been real. I have to say, I have to say, my faith as like this, but since I've met Tony and befriended him, my faith has just gone from strength to strength. And also, the, I have, when you see the look on someone's face, it's always better to, it really is better to, to give than to receive. I, can, I can't express how God has been so... Yeah, so good, so good, so majestic, so powerful. And um, I would just encourage everyone to, you know, just do what you can sort of thing to, to help others because the reward, you, and I've had financial reward as a result, and I didn't realize it at the time, but I've had things happening for me as a result. And the people that we've been helping, they've, they've some of them have come to Jesus, some of them are praying, because we've been here, you know, we go and you could see some of them are disabled, so we can pray for them. We can support them. I help people with a bit of shopping. So it's a kind of win-win for everybody, really. So it's just been, it's just, I would never have done it if I, yeah. I never had the courage to do it before, but I, I have that now. So should I go? <laughs> so that's. One of the things that we talked about on the men's weekend was that when you align yourself to God's call for your life, heaven's resources are released to pay for God's call on your life. There are so much stuff in there. I, Denise saw one person and then leant back into a community of people. The community of people responded to the one person. And then, I don't know if you heard the slip in the end, it's like the people we've been helping. It's like a snowball. The one becomes another one, becomes another one, becomes another one, and God does his thing. <sighs> Thank you. We, how many people now want a text from the great I am? I mean, come on. How cool is that? We were speaking on the phone and Denise was like, do you think that was God? Or I was like, I think it's probably God. But if it's someone working on God's behalf, then that's equally cool. 
so I'm good either way, to be fair. There ain't many people that sign off their text, I am. (sighs) Yeah, just thank him. Just thank him that he loves the one. And you were that one. You are that one. You're the one that his eyes are on. You are the one who is the apple of his eye. You are the one that he would have sent Jesus to die for if you were the only one. He loves you. He's chose you. He's selected you. He's empowered you. He's gifted you. He wants you. He's all over you as an individual. And then just thank God for the corporate. Thank God for the church. Thank God for every church. Thank God for everyone that you know that is saved and walks beside you, walks in front of you, walks behind you. Come on, thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this family. Thank you for the gold in this family, Lord. We thank you for the wisdom that's in this family, the power that's in this family, the anointings that are in this family, the gifts that are in this family. Jesus, you are pretty flipping spectacular. And you said you'd build your church. And you are. So we'll leave it to you. And lastly, the importance of the one doesn't negate the importance of the many. And on that, I'm going to finish by asking you to join us in praying for Chloe, who is filming another series for TBN this week for, I believe, 16 episodes in three and a half days. That's a lot, just in case you didn't realize. And um, so there's going to be a few of us helping her. But um, yeah, it's, it's a big deal. And it starts on Tuesday this week. God spoke to me many years ago and he said, um, are you ready for Chloe to speak to the masses? And I think what he was meaning is, are you okay with it being Chloe and not you? And that's never been a problem for me, I don't think. But I did, I checked my heart. I'm like, am I okay when Chloe's rich and famous and I'm just rich because of her? <laughs> am I okay with that? I'm like, sure. I can be, you know, Chloe's got a gift of hospitality and I've got a gift of receiving it. It works that way. And so, is, are you okay with, with Chloe being raised up by me in the sight of many? And we just assumed, because we had no radar for the TV thing at that point, we just assumed that that meant um, going on big stages, bigger stages, crusades, all that kind of stuff. Um, and we've got you know, contacts with so many of those people. Um, but God has opened up TBN for us. But we're going to pray for Chloe. And I'm going to ask Rita particularly to come and pray. And Heather, and if, if you're part of our Ignite group, then come. But if you're a part of the leadership and the staff, then I want you to come. And we're going to pray. But I'd like everyone to pray for Chloe. It feels weird when I do it because I, I, like, I am praying for Chloe. But I want all of us to pray for Chloe. Because the I Believe series is changing lives every week. And it's a, a real privilege, but it's also a massive pressure for Chloe. Um, they prefer she doesn't use notes. Um, which is the only one I believe on TBN that doesn't use notes. And it's just the vibe they want for that show is no notes. And so she's literally preaching for 27 and a half minutes with no notes. And that's a lot of pressure when there's a lot of people watching who were potentially going to write to you if you get it wrong. Yeah, we've had some trolls. <laughs> I won't go down there. 
the rabbit thing. Shoot the rabbit. And so would you, would you pray with us? And also, what you probably don't know is that we pay to be on TBN. Most people think we get paid by TBN, and that's not the case. It costs us about £23,000 every year um, to do TBN. And so we would love for you to partner with that as well. And you can do that through the church. And so if, that, if you feel led to be supporting closed ministry with TBN, because at the moment we don't feel it's right to do another series after this unless it's paid for up front. And so if you want to partner with us, then we would love for you to do that. Please do that through the church. Speak to Dan and he can help you divert that. But baby, would you come and stand with me? And here's, the reason it works in this preach is because I am preaching the importance of the one and the importance of the masses. And this is Chloe preaching to the masses. We're well over time, but um, real quick, I had a testimony. Um, I filmed a series, had a word of knowledge about two knees being healed. It, the series went out four months later. Someone tuned in on On Demand, and I saw, they heard, um, two knees are being healed right now. A lady was sat on a sofa who couldn't walk. She heard me say two knees are being healed on catch-up, so that's nearly six months later. She said, that's me, jumped up off the sofa and was instantly healed. And I'm like, for me, it's when I'm prepared, I've been in 10 days of hibernation and this series is all about deliverance, strongholds, jealousy, walking in the light, generational curses, all these things. It's been really intense, but the Lord reminded me, what you're planning now is going to set someone free in January. My word doesn't fall void. My word will fulfill. And so I'm like, I'm so scared, God. I don't. And, but he, for someone here, you will speak things out and you'll think they have no effect, but the Lord is going to use it. And the spirit of the Lord will be on that word. So be expectant when you release things that God will even see it to fruition in a couple of years time or a couple of months. But yeah, I'm so excited, but also really nervous. <laughs> Just on, as we're finishing, I just wanted to honour Nee because I did ask him to, he was going to come and join me in this preach and then I ditched him because I didn't have enough time. Nee's revelation about the body of Christ is something you need to go and ask Nee about, okay? And he will then tell you one by one. It was epic. The guy is amazing. Okay. Oh, Lord, one day we're going to have our own building and we're not going to be running away for time. We'll be sleeping here. But I think, just as Stu said, we've got to track what the Holy Spirit is doing. And as he was speaking, you know, I sense, and this is, I, I really sense it so strongly, that says the Lord. I think there's about a couple of you in this room, you feel this burning sensation in your heart to support specifically to release some finance, to go specifically into this seed, as a seed into what Chloe's going to do. So that's between you and God. Remember the one, me and my God. So that's just the word I had to release. And also, I mean, I didn't know this as Stu had done this, but at the beginning of the service, I hugged Chloe because Michael and I have been praying for her specifically. And then, you know, I love it when my husband releases word and I jump out of my seat. And, and he was praying and he literally said, the anointing and the strength that's going to come on you. If you've seen series one and series two, watch out for series three because this is going to be even greater. Absolutely greater. So there is a real sense here. Now, as you stretch forth your hands, family, let's stand together with Chloe on this. 
Father, we thank you. We thank you for your daughter. We thank you for this opportunity that you have opened up. And Father, I thank you that all you need is our yes. I know that Chloe could have just gone and hidden under a rock and not responded to this, but she just said yes. Yeah, I know, sweetheart, I know. But I hear God said all he needed was your yes. And because you said yes, the rest is done. Father, thank you. Thank you that you have called and you have equipped. And now I see that belt around you, fully equipped. And you're going to take every single tool that God has placed upon you and a mantle. Flicky, would you please put your hand on uh, um, Chloe's head? There is a mantle. I see it. There is a crown that God is placing upon you. And as you stand, as, as you minister, Chloe, people are going to see Jesus. They're going to hear Jesus. Father, I pray for a freedom like never before. Thank you for her commitment in her secret place as she puts herself in hibernation to seek your face and to pray for the word. Lord, I pray that as she stands, there will be such an overflow, Father. Without the notes, she doesn't need the notes because Father's going to be speaking through you. You would open your mouth and it will be a direct speaking from above, Father. Father, would you right now clothe your daughter? And Father, we as a family, can you just say yes to this? Would you say yes as a family? We're standing and we're saying yes. God is doing something and I want to hear you say yes. Yes, yes, yes to what daddy's doing. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord, speak, proclaim. I want to hear you just declare say it out loud. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And what I'm hearing now, I'm hearing it is finished. Come on. It is finished. Father, thank you that the work is complete. Chloe, it is complete. It is finished, Father. You're going to clothe her. Father, thank you, Lord. Jesus is going to shine through your daughter. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in anticipation for the testimonies that are going to come. Thank you in anticipation for what you're going to do. Thank you. Thank you. Would you say thank you? Can we just thank God? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. And I, I, I just heard mighty deliverer, mighty deliverer. There's going to come. Deliverance is going to come as you speak and as you open up your mouth. And I just pray protection over you. Protection against any single spirit of jealousy and against comparison. And we just break it and we silence it right now in Jesus' name. And we just call you higher. I just call you higher. And I actually saw you stepping in front of the cameras and there was a lion behind you. And as you were speaking the lion was roaring and he was like mighty deliverer mighty deliverer mighty deliverer so Jehovah Sebaoth the Lord of angel armies we call you we call you we call you we summon you and we say have your way have your way in your daughter as she speaks may her words be infused with your power may your words be infused with the authority of the great I am that many 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 will be delivered would be delivered because of the lion of Judah that roaring as you speak so I just bless you I bless you I bless you not to lead all the people into encounters but to have encounters deep encounters as you release as you release the word in Jesus name
I just saw as I came over, your feet were just standing out. And I've just, the, as you stepped into that studio, I saw the Lord releasing so much authority. So even before you open your mouth, we thank you, Jesus, that your daughter's feet, as they step in that studio, they will begin to release the authority from heaven in the name of Jesus. So before she's even begun to record that she'll be walking in the authority of heaven and releasing that across the studio and into the homes and everywhere, into the phones, into the airways, wherever those Recordings are shown the authority from heaven, the authority of Jesus will be released through your daughter. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that's already done because you're outside of time. And she's just going to step into your plan for this season, for this recording. We thank you, Lord. Bless her feet. Bless her with the authority from heaven. May it be effortless. All the downloads you're going to give her as they record. May she just open her mouth and will you fill it? And we break off all un um, ungodly pressure. We break that off in Jesus' name. May she just be engulfed in your presence as she releases everything you have for her to release. And may she just know, okay, this is done. I'm done. This is all I need to say. This is what I have to say. We thank you, Jesus. Yeah, and I just saw you, Chloe, in your secret place. And I saw you almost, as you stand in that studio in TBM, being transported back into the secret place. And it just being like you were in that moment. And so I almost feel like the Father's saying that actually the messages have already been preached. The words have already been delivered. That the preparation you've done and the foundations you've laid down have honored him. And you've built an altar for him to reside on in TBM this week. And Father, we thank you for Chloe and we honor her. We honor her for the just the amount of effort and energy and passion she pours in to this ministry, Father. And we just say yes and amen to every testimony, every life lived in God. We just lift her arms up. And as a church family, we just say, go get them, Chloe. <laughs> go get them, Chloe. Amen. Amen. We're just going to let the girls, this team here, just continue to minister to Chloe. Um, but we're also then going to allow you to leave the room if that's what you need to do.